Welcome to the Make Music Income Podcast with Stephen Bedall of the Production Music Academy and me, Eric Copeland of Make Music Income. In this podcast, we'll talk about our experiences in music licensing as music artists with online channels, our publishing and royalty incomes, and our combined over 40 years experience as music producers for hire. So let's get started with today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to podcast episode number 41 of the Make Music Income podcast. I said podcast twice there. I don't know. Should I restart that? It's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Uh, yeah. In this episode, we are going to discuss uh, how composing music for libraries and uh, the sync licensing market is is kind of a unique experience when it comes to uh, arrangement and structure. Uh, at least it is often for me, and I want to discuss uh, how I approach it, um, how I hear others approach it, and how I think that you can, uh, in, in a lot of cases, you can optimize your tracks to do well on music libraries. And I do have some important um, songwriting tips to take into account when you're, when you're composing uh, licensing music in general. So uh, that's what we're going to dig into today. Uh, before we do, as always, uh, we're going to do a little weekly recap. Uh, Eric, I guess it's uh, been two weeks since we, we last chatted. So uh, what's been going on, yeah. man? Well, a hurricane, not yeah. much. Uh, a hurricane just barreled through here over the past 24, 48 hours. Yeah. Um, wasn't much by the time it got to us here or in Orlando. So uh we we lost a, a just a, a screen outside and uh, a couple branches off some trees so i i don't know i i know a lot of people are without power a lot of people without uh internet around town and throughout florida mm -hmm. and towards the coast i'm sure it's worse flooding was very very bad from what i understand so i haven't really caught up with all the all of that just because i've been um trying to get some things done this morning I'm off work these two days because of the hurricane, and so I've been trying to get some work done, but it's difficult Yeah, when you're worried about battening down all the hatches and worrying about the windows blowing in and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, But that being said, I actually did an interview last yesterday before the hurricane got here with, uh, or as it was coming in here, on Zoom with uh, a guy named Garrett Breeze who... Uh, has a podcast called Selling Sheet Music. And so oh, cool. I've been, after I found that, I've been wanting to, since I've been talking about that recently, I wanted to talk with him. And so we did uh, a podcast interview. So that'll be coming up probably on Monday on my channel to fill up my Monday slot since uh, this podcast will be playing on Monday. So we will flip-flop our, our broadcasts and premiere them to our friends. Um, but uh, talking about really how to triple dip a little bit making a song specifically for sheet music that can also be sold on libraries and that can also be sold on Spotify and things like that. Cool. And so getting into that checklist idea, I'll be also offering the checklist that we kind of talked about a few weeks back yeah. on that, on that interview for free. People can down, start downloading that checklist. So that's going to be happening. Um, I also have a video coming out tomorrow that will by people time people hear this it'll already be out on my channel uh called why i'm not quitting licensing or anything um and that will be an interesting conversation kind of uh touching on some things i have started my uh third taxi video uh that is going to probably wrap my taxi uh, uh experience 
Yeah. Um, and uh, show, you know, tell everybody about what I think is going to happen. And I still have about a month before that officially ends or more. Yeah, same and here. I, I think, and, yeah, mine, mine is about to expire. They've already started sending the, the emails yes. trying to get me to sign. The keep, kit keep with the coupons. The and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I right. took pictures of all the, like, all the, I mean, there's two pages full of testimonials on why you there's shouldn't quit taxi. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, I'm, I, that being said, I'm still uploading stuff. I've got something to upload tomorrow. I've got several more that, that are coming out. The, a lot of the things that have come out recently don't apply to me. They just don't apply at all to me personally. And I'm, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and a lot of stuff is vocal. And so uh, I just don't have time to make and, cut vocals and mix them in time for the briefs and but i do have a yeah. lot of things that i am i do have going on and uh i will be putting up there so still cranking on it until um you know we'll see what well, happens yeah know, get your money's worth this. that's the right yeah that's the right way to do it so uh that and hello composers is uh has kind of started back up in a in a very different way than I thought it was going to start up. Yeah. You know, I tried the live thing and for whatever reason the live broadcast didn't work and then I tried a, a, a to shoot a whole full video maybe twice. It's it just I kept running into technical problems and it was like God was saying, "No thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh and, it's like and, the, the finally, youtube algorithm gods are saying like no just talk I about would, music income <laughs> so i was listening to this podcast with clint uh music and he was interviewing uh a girl named sides or seeds i think it's seeds okay and she does logic um a lot of logic shorts talking okay. about logic tips and things like that and um, and she said, you know, she she just didn't have time to do these as full videos, and she started doing them as shorts because they were short little lessons. And I thought, hmm, that might be an easier way to teach some of this long-winded stuff that I want to I want to get out. And so I've started doing that, cool. and the channel started growing a little bit. Um, and so we'll see. I, I might end up doing like a live a week, so I'll have the short approach and the long approach, and uh, and maybe what I something I call office hours. Where we could, you know, people can come in and ask questions about composing. I can talk about those videos a little bit longer. Cool. We'll see how that works. That's a good idea. Um, <clears throat> on the composing side, I've had more uh, songs approved by Crucial, including several covers, and um, yeah, so my first covers were approved by by uh, Crucial, and um, I've uploaded a lot more to stock, including a lot of Latin jazz stuff that I've I have uh, of my own and. Uh, and so that's all going up to all the major three, which are for me are Motion Array and Pond5 and Audio Jungle, because those are the ones that make the most uh, income. Um, and then I'm working a lot of songs. I've got more orchestra, orchestra and electronic songs I call orchestronic, mm. and I signed a bunch of those last time to, a, to an exclusive library, and then a, a bunch I have just on stock, and they, they do some things. I have new Christmas music I'm working on, new Halloween music I'm working on, and tons of just little pieces of things that, you know, I've, I've just, little what I call starts, you know, you start on mm -hmm. something and you go for 15, 20 minutes, half hour, and you're like, eh, we'll, we'll see, we'll come back to that. And uh, yep. so I've, I've done uh, a lot of those things. So I have a lot to, to kind of get to, just uh, trying to make time to get to it. I've also decided to go ahead and start just distributing some of these albums uh, to heck with the uh, the curated playlist route, 
uh, because I have so much to get out. It's like by the time I get each of these out as singles, I'll have a whole nother album of other stuff to put out. I just have too much material to do it song by song. So I'm going to go ahead and put out the entire orchestronic album from Master Score, which, and then uh, more Christmas music. I've got a piano Christmas music. I have a piano hymns album, and I have a Hallamas album. All of that's going to be going out on Spotify as albums slash EPs. So uh, trying to distribute all those. I've got a, ho a Christmas holiday record I'm working on. That is going to be done. Like I'm just, I'm going to release a song every Friday. I think is the goal with that and then more Great. covers um, <clears throat> now that the door is starting to open in places for covers and from a non-exclusive standpoint yeah um, yeah yeah like crucial but i have another guy who comes to me for covers and asks for if i have a cover of this or cover of that so why not do covers and uh have some covers ready and especially if i can pitch them start finding places to pitch them to it's pretty cool um and then uh, this week we started music theory right before the hurricane hit. So, uh, but in music theory, we talk about a lot of things and I think that's where we're gonna go today. So I will just hold on that and say, that's my update for now. How about you? Um, well, I've, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great problem to have, by the way, too much music. <laughs> um, I wish, I had too much music. I, I have a lot. I, I've been crazy, uh, you know, busy these last uh, couple weeks since I last talked to you. Um, probably the most productive month of my life uh, the, this last September, wow. to be honest. Uh, I've just been getting down to business. I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the weather. As soon as the sun goes away and the clouds uh, start showing up, I just, I just, I love it. And I, I, I'm in my element. So, um, yeah. I've written a lot of music. Um, I'm just finishing up a new course for the Academy. It's it's a holiday course. It's a, it's a mixture of holiday and uh, Christmas composing. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I I because I make you know a fair bit of content about Artlist. As you know, I just put out this video about Artlist yesterday, and um, a lot of people reach out to me and ask me, um, you know, to review the submission packages that they sent Artlist. I mean, a lot of people unfortunately get turned down. Um, that's the way it goes. And um, I've been, yeah, I've got uh, a bit of consulting, one-on-one -on -one consulting work coming up. Yeah, I, um, I would I imagine so. That's one of the questions I'm getting over and over uh, on, on that is, is Artlist, uh, what should I do with this catalog? Should I just throw it all at Artlist? Uh, we could probably do a whole, you're doing a lot of Artlist. Thing. I didn't watch your Artlist uh, thing yet the other night. I saw some of it, but mm -hmm. um a lot of people are asking me, is it non-exclusive? Is totally. it, uh, you know, should I send them my whole catalog? You know, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah there, there's see. a lot of questions floating around uh, about it. And a lot of people reach out to me over Instagram, over email. Um, and I figured it would it would just be, you know, I might as well make some, some YouTube content that addresses some mm -hmm. of the questions that I hear a lot. Um, but a lot of people reach out to me, you know, and they and they say, hey, like I got turned down and I'm not sure what's going on with my music. Like I would love some, you know, objective thoughts on it. And... I usually like in the last six months when that's happened, I've, I've generally kind of directed people to just join the Academy because I've been so busy and I say, Hey, you know, just join the Academy and, and get some feedback from the members there. And I still think that that's a great option. Um, mm -hmm. I also offer that, you know, service as a one-on-one -on -one feedback, you know, written feedback for, for your work, one track a month kind of thing. Um, yep. but sometimes people are, you know, not everyone is into the the monthly subscription thing. For one, uh, some people are just really so busy, and and they would rather just kind of pay for a one on one session and just like mm -hmm. be able to pick my brain in person. 
um, yeah. which I totally understand. And for that reason alone, I'm opening up um, myself to doing these one-on-one Zoom things through the Academy. It's going to be a new service that I offer uh, in the Academy. I haven't told the members about it yet if they're listening. Um, then now you know. Um, I was going to make the announcement on, Octo- on October 1st. Uh, but I'm going to be opening up uh, one-on-one consulting sessions as well as uh, mixing sessions. So I'm going to, I, if you want, I can film uh, or I can mix uh, your track. You just send me the stems, and I'll film myself doing it and talk my my talk my you know through the process, and I'll just kind of send you the video live, or you will just do it first. You'll do it and then send it to. I them. would do it first, and then I would and then I would make a video of you know exactly what my thoughts were and and uh, and, and you know edit it a little bit so that wow. it's watchable. So. Um, that's a new service I'm going to be offering uh, come October. Uh, but anyway, I have <clears throat> a few uh, uh, Zooms uh, coming up uh, for uh, which I'm excited for. I, I love connecting with people and just and you know just meeting people from all around the world. It's really fun for me. Yeah, it's fun. always been a time issue for me. It's always just been something that I haven't been able to uh, manage properly. I try to do that. I've, I've I've started re-offering that. I was offering it when I first started. Yeah, right. And then I kind of paused because it was taking up too much time and and. Um, and I was wanting to do it more on a monthly basis, but not many people want to do it on a monthly basis. Usually they just want to yeah. talk to somebody once and then get off. That's it. And so I started half an hour and hour consults again at a kind of a lower price one-offs. And I have very limited time to do this. So I just, I put up my calendar site and say, hey, if you can find a spot, <laughs> find it. And whatever works for you, will make it work. And uh, so I've started doing that a little bit too. So it's, it's cool. Really, it's really interesting. I need to, to get do. that calendar out. That's something I need to... Calendly is free. Calendly, so you okay. should get it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you know, I'm I'm having a great month. I, I passed a I, <laughs> I passed four thousand downloads on Motion Array this month, um, which is wow. by far the most ever. Uh, I'm only seven hundred downloads away from the coveted level seven, <laughs> which I don't think is even possible to get to. You have one day. <laughs> Yeah, so I got to get 700 downloads in a day. Um, yeah, that so that's going well. I'll tell everybody maybe, go down. Well, it's too late now. Yeah, right, yeah. Go download say, my go download something. Um, so I'll do maybe a follow up video about about that because that'll probably uh, end up being um, a record breaking. Will this be your payout. biggest month ever? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow. By by a long shot. And you've had big months. I've had big months, and this is gonna be this gonna be a a big one. Um, that is crazy. So maybe do a video about that because there's a few this reasons why that happens. This will probably be happens. my second worst of the year. Really, I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It started out okay, but then it kind of. But um. the um, the uh, the challenge this month in the, in the academy is scoring some '80s footage, and uh, I've I just made a video the other day for That's the funny. members about uh, some f- amazing free synths uh, that you can download that are gr- it's which are great for composing synth wave and and for like that like vintage uh, '80s kind of sound. Um, and the I've had a few submissions sent to me so far, and they're just so good. I can't wait to to do the uh, the, the live stream showcase. Yeah, um, that's, that's awesome. going to be really really fun. Uh, there's going to be some prizes uh, for the winner there too. And um, yeah, I got a vocal session uh, booked for for tomorrow with my friend Missy. Uh, she's helping me um, throw down some vocals for a bunch of tracks that I'm working on for Artlist. Like you, I also have like a bunch of starters, um, so I got to finish up a lot of you know ideas that need. To be completed but i've got a lot of things that i've kind of like planted the seed um which is cool um and um yeah uh, let's get into di- today's topic so i um i'll just start this off by saying i actually had a great uh, i did an interview with dave crop for his podcast um mm-hmm. 
couple weeks ago. Oh, cool. I think he's airing that in. I think he's. I, I think it's coming out in later in the year. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he has a he has a very he's got a extended schedule. schedule. It took yes. mine a, a long time to come out. Yeah, yeah. So he interviewed me the other day, and the first question that he asked me was, um, and it really gave me a lot to think about, uh, was what makes for an ideal stock track. I mean, essentially, what we did was we talked about like the royalty free music uh, marketplace and and stock mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. So what it makes for an ideal stock track. And it was actually something that's kind of hard to define. Um, and I said something along the lines of, you know, uh, I think that at least for me, what works well is like explosive energy, uh, you know, powerful dynamics, uh, music that works well for edit points for, for video editors. You know, I think that's kind of generally what has worked well for me. Um, and you know, yeah, it gave me a lot to think about in terms of like this, the way that I compose music for you know, these libraries as opposed to like how I would approach it if I was writing music for my band or writing music right. for like my artist profile, right? Right. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about song structure. I think that's the big one that, that people, um, you know, maybe have a lot of trouble with. I, I think it's an interesting discussion and... Um, it's also kind of an observation about where music is at in terms of popular culture too, uh, like today, as opposed to where it was in like the sixties and seventies, you know? Um, but also in terms of just like what's working in the licensing space. And um, I do think it, it is somewhat genre dependent. Um, so it is difficult to make generalizations. Um, but it's funny because like, if you like, especially, I feel like the seventies was like a really golden time for, for like uh, arrangements, like, like so many amazing, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, amazing bridges and B sections and yeah, totally double. Yeah. Just uh, like such powerful and interesting uh, songwriting going on. And if you turn on the radio today and you listen to the top 40, it's nothing like it was once was Um, it is, you know, a very often it's like, I mean, again, we're making general, I'm making generalizations here, but um, it's very loop based, uh, you know, and, and it's, and it's very simple. Like at least pop music today, I think is very stripped back. Um, and, and it's very, very, it's simplified. Um, I mean, the bridge is, is pretty much dead. You, I mean, you never hear a bridge in a, in a track uh, these days. Uh, you hear breakdowns and, you know, buildups, but like, yeah, you know, and we're, we are really generalizing because big time, big time. I think there are, several different areas when you started yep. out this podcast you said sync licensing and mm-hmm. i mean to some extent even a stock music track could be used for sync but just in a youtube sense for a youtube video you yeah. know what i mean yeah. and so when we say sync licensing we mean sync to anything sync anything to yes exactly a, a, a movie yeah. a tv show a video game a youtube channel of uh, whatever yeah. it could be synced for a, a, a behind of a, a commercial anything you know it could be used for and every one of those people is going to want something different totally. but will they want a full bridge i don't know it depends on how good the bridge is and if, <laughs> if it's a um if it's a lifetime movie in the middle of the thing and they and the bridge is where the the hook is that they want for whatever reason yeah maybe i don't know you know it might work but yeah well you know it's it's yeah again like i want to make uh, make it clear that we are generalizing because it's like and i hear i listen like you know like I, i've mentioned to you this so many times i listen to a lot of music that's on motion ray and art list just to see what's mm-hmm. going on and see what's doing well uh, because it's it's fascinating to me um 
two great examples of like songwriters who, uh, you know, I think really get into the weeds with like arrangement and, and like, and, and, and having like bridges, interesting B sections, that kind of thing. Like one for sure is Lester, who we've talked plenty about on this, on this podcast Mm -hmm. and some of his, you know, really high performing tracks on motion array. Like he's got like crazy arrangements, you know, they're not like simple arrangements. Like they're, 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 they're quite uh, creative. Mojo is another guy who like really, really gets into like interesting arrangements and stuff. Um, So, it's not like you can't get into those kinds of creative song arranging ideas uh, and and do well on on royalty free libraries. You certainly can. Um, a lot of my tra- that being said, like a lot of my tracks, um, you know, especially the ones that have done like have been bestsellers, are they're, they're essentially they're simple ideas presented in a, in an eight bar loop, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the entire track is simply a dance around the eight bar loop idea. Um, it's simply an arrangement that presents this eight bar loop and it kind of repeats it across a, a one and a half to two minute arrangement generally, uh, or, you know, track length. While, and and it, what it's doing is essentially kind of periodically removing and then reintroducing elements of the loop throughout the arrangement to keep it interesting. And that's all, mm-hmm. that's all it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. A great, a really great example of, of this, and this is a, a song that I cite a lot as a reference, um, is uh, is Defunk by Daft Punk. Because uh, what it is essentially is just like, it's like seven elements. And all the the track is, the entire arrangement, I think it's like a three minute, three and a half minute song, is just occasionally removing some of those elements and then bringing them back. And it's so simple. And it's mm-hmm. so effective. It really, really does work. Um, th- this type of approach works really well for like certain genres, like co- like corporate hip hop. Um, for I mean, hip hop is is a great genre to, Even to apply this to. Even hip hop, not just in in corporate, but hip hop in general. Yes, yes, know, because it as is a, as a genre. That's the the yeah, that is the essence of the genre in itself. It's like loop based music, EDM, mm-hmm. uh, rock tracks work well for this kind of thing too. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be that way. I just think that it it, it is kind of it's it's great that it that it does work though because I think that people have um, a really hard time finishing their tracks and like and like finishing their ideas, uh, but I think that as long as you work sort of it, it like one idea that I you know I think that really works for just like getting things done is just like write an eight bar loop that that's great and then the the arrangement and all of the other decorations can 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 stem from that eight bar idea that's it when we are just getting into music theory with this third batch of students i've had here this year and the it's the same thing every time they um i to get them composing in the beginning before mm-hmm. i even talk about music theory because we've had to do some assignments where they had to compose i just say get a drum get a drum loop going yes you know and yes. and uh especially once we get into logic they encourage using the drummer track because they want you to learn all the pieces of logic. It's part of teaching logic. You know, you've got an audio track, you've got a software instrument track, and you've got the drummer track. Those are the three kind of tracks that logic offers. And the drummer track is just kind of a sophisticated, a very original uh, drum uh, beat machine, kind of, uh, drum beat uh, uh, maker. And it's a very cool way to I don't know how much you've played with it, but it is deep, that thing. And you can really get into it and make beats. So making that beat, I agree with you, is is really the easiest and first thing to teach people. And if you are someone listening to this podcast, the other big thing to teach people when they are doing this 
is to turn on the metronome. <laughs> you would not believe how many people start out trying to make stuff. And then I say, did you quantize that? And they say, um, I, yeah, but it didn't sound right when I did. And I go and look mm -hmm. and see they started on beat two and they just kind of played without the metronome on right. and thought they were being groovy. And then they realize they can't quantize it and they can't pull it to anything. I've got people writing in three bars and five bars and seven bars and, you know, and, and so teaching these form things that we want to talk about today and, and those kind of things I think are important. So yeah. I think you need to go back even farther than eight bars. You need to go back to four bars. You need to go back to four beats per bar for four bars. And you need to start talking about, and we're just talking about a section and or, or, or the A section, if you will. Yeah, right. And you know, how to get that A section started and what you said, especially for stock. Now, I don't think for all songwriting this is the this is the way this way everybody should start. Although yeah. I tell you, every time I start a thing, I usually turn on a loop. And I play piano or whatever I'm going to play along with the loop just so that I can I may not use that loop or I may add to that loop or put real drums on or whatever. But that's going to be the start. That's going to be how I get something going that becomes an idea. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I often start with the beat. And I think that's a great place to start, um, especially because the way, you know, if, if the beat is like swung, for example, then you kind of got to play into that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that the rhythmic and yeah, the, the percussive energy of the track really kind of defines, um, uh, the, the rest of, uh, of my composition in a, in a lot of cases. Um, so I'll often, yeah, if I'm just like looking for inspiration, then I'll start with a beat. And I think that's a, that's a really great point. But if you do, and, and if you're writing groovy stuff, that is, that is, you mean to be locked into the grid turn on your metronome. That sounds like a funny thing to say to people, but you would believe you wouldn't believe how many people when they first start and maybe you're if you're watching or listening to this now you've never you you're, you don't turn on the metronome all the time, but it's 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 lesson 1. And and mm. I find that Steve we can't be too uh, assured that everybody is going to know every single thing when they are listening to this channel. Yeah. And uh one guy just told me the other day in the class, I, I showed him how to make a, a simple beat and, and play with the metronome on. And he was like, do you teach this on your channel? And I'm like, <laughs> no, but I'm going to. And I, I just did a simple beat uh, video on my Hello Composers channel, just a super, super duper simple, you yeah. know, one and one and three on the kick and two and four on the snare and then a hat, eighth notes. And, and yeah. those kind of things, not nobody, everybody is saying, put your music in stock, put your music in sync, do all these things. Uh, few people teach simple things like that. You know, yeah, I think Daniel yeah. has taught those before. I'm sure you totally. have. So. Well, I don't really. I, I mean, I, I, it's so hard to speak to everyone, right? Because we're everyone's yeah. at the, you know, I mean, you, it's people are starting, people are like advanced, and it's like, um, so you have to sort of drive, you, you sort of have to speak to the middle ground somewhere. And I, you know, I definitely don't do, um, at least my production videos are not for like the absolute beginner. I don't think, uh, I think they're, you know, they, I'm assuming, and especially my courses are assuming that, that, um, whoever's watching has some experience with the DAW and I move pretty quickly. Um, so yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's unfortunately you can't cater to everyone's uh, skill right. level. But uh, you're you're absolutely right. You know, there, there's so many folks out there who and like I take it for granted, like, you know, just even knowing how to think of um, of a drum beat. You know, that's a, that's another thing, because like I, I, I play the drums a bit, you know, so mm. I know how a drum kick should sound. I know 
um, you, you know, what's typical and what's uh, what works for for drum kit patterns. And if you didn't play the drums, you might not actually know that. So it's, that's something to think about. What's so. really cool in this particular class, I have someone who's not ever done any music before. Actually, yeah. in my last class, too, both had never once played any kind of beat, played any kind of note, done made any kind of music at all. And then I had other yes. people who were sophisticated beat makers. So I had to both teach to the lowest denominator and, and the mid-denominator. And here's what's funny. That's tough. Most people are not as advanced as they think they are. Most people are are probably uh, middle ground. They're, they're, they're probably, uh, we're probably middle ground compared to other people, you know, and so everybody compares on the spectrum somewhere. But um, teaching that, and sometimes, you know what, I learn things just by teaching the basic things. I'm like, I, you know what, I haven't thought about that in a long time. You know, or, 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 or secrets. That's why we were talking about uh, this other channel where a girl teaches logic tips. You know, th some of those things, you're like, what? Logic does that? <laughs> I've been using it for 25 years. What? Totally. There's, and, so, there's things that I don't know. Sometimes be, uh, my, yeah, the members of the academy point things out to me. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. I didn't even realize that. Students say, hey, did you know this does this? I'm like, nope. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, there's the teachers can be taught all the time. And so none of us are in a place where we are the experts on things we will always have things to learn and i think anybody yeah. who has been doing this a long time is open to that i think it's the less more amateur people who are more like oh no i know it all and if you think you know it all then you're probably not in the right space you probably need to get going and learn some new stuff <laughs> yeah well i agree i I, th I think that you know it's interesting what you're saying because i, I think that um a lot of people, including myself, at one point were very intimidated by the, the songwriting process. And like, mm -hmm. I, I think I would listen to what was on libraries or I'd just listen to, you know, my favorite artists and just, you know, felt like it all just feels very complicated and overwhelming, um, especially coming for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience, like actually as a, as a music player, you know, like you're saying, like someone who has no experience music like what, whatsoever. That's a tough uh, you know, that's a tough person to teach. Now, yeah, I think and I, I think it's like, I, but I, the, the nice thing is, is that for for music licensing, I think that there and you know, music in general, I think that there's a there's a there's something to be said for simplicity. You know, and I think that yeah. often the the most simple ideas are the most effective, and I think that that is really something that you kind of I, I kind of drive home in when I'm teaching with the, the courses and with with licensing music is like sometimes just like really simple ideas are, are beautiful and they work so, so well. Mm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that is an encouraging thing to, for, for people that are kind of starting out, uh, to know that you don't need like, uh, ridiculous amounts of layers. You don't need, um, so many, you know, like a B and a C section necessarily. You don't even need a bridge. It can be actually just be a beautiful, uh, idea in an eight bar loop. And that can be enough to, to deliver, uh, an exceptional track to to a library. Okay, so. let me say this. Yes, it can, but it can't be the only thing. And I think sometimes we get caught in this eight-bar loop loop. <laughs> in other words, that's <laughs> the only song we ever write is an eight-bar loop. Um, I yeah. see a lot of this when, when I see a lot of beat makers coming into my class, and they are hip-hop enthusiasts, and they are used to hearing 
music. And what we're talking about when we talk about an eight-bar loop is basically an A section. And sometimes you can get by with making a whole song that's basically an A section that's that's put together and taken apart and put together and taken apart. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what you're talking about a little bit. There's also, but then there are other people who will preach, and and as you will hear on most other songs, there's an A section and a B section, an A section and a B section, or sometimes an A section, a B section, an A section, A B A is what we would call that. Yeah, yeah. And, and but what I've started to come up with a new term called A A one A A one, which is basically the rap format, which is it's the same beat. It's the same bass and it's the same chords, except more something unique is happening on that A1 section. It's like a B section, but it's not. You don't change chords. You don't change stuff. You just add something very hooky and unique in that spot. A lot of times in rap, the rapper will stop rapping and a a vocal singing part will come in for that a1 totally but it's the same beat and same chords it's just the same thing so yeah. you can do that too in in uh in, in in music for licensing why don't you explain that a little bit if you know what i'm talking about where you you add something in that's unique and it almost sounds like a b section but you really haven't changed your beat or your bass and stuff like well, that. well i think what you you're saying I mean? is that is like the is the is the the common denominator is like these like a like a four say four chords like for example like a like a like a corporate track that i write like often just uses the same four chords throughout the entire uh you know one and a half two minute um arrangement um now some people might think that that's really boring and maybe it is you know maybe it is but uh it's amazing it'll depend on the library probably and the, and the it, listener Of course, I'm just, you know, with four chords repeating over the course of one and a half, two minutes or even longer, it's amazing how much narrative you can construct on top of that by just, you know, detailing and adding and removing and 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 throwing melodic interest hooks on top of that chord progression Mm -hmm. it and and the by doing so, you're you're kind of um you're telling a story and you're removing the listener uh, from the monotony of having to hear these four chords over and over and over again. If I was just playing four chords over again, there wouldn't be anything more boring than that. Um, But yeah, I mean, there can be uh, an A1 hook and then there can be an A2 hook like you're talking about. Um, It can be two separate hooks over the same chord progression and that could be essentially your, your A and B section, so to speak. You can have like a chorus section, which might be eight bars, 16 bars or whatever, um, and then use that exa- those exact same common denominator elements like the beat and the chord progression and the bass line, but add a, a totally different angle on top of it. Um, and it's essentially become something completely different. Um, and I think that that's, you know, uh, a lot of what you hear in, you know, like rap music or hip hop. Um, and yeah, a lot of my corporate tracks are, are like that and they, and they do really well. And yeah. Okay, devil's advocate time. Um, Hip hop, yes. Rap, yes. Corporate, yes. But Mm -hmm. maybe not everything, okay? Absolutely. (laughs) So a country song is not going to get through by with that. Um, A a ballad is probably not going to get by with that that kind of thing. A jazz song uh, could, depending on the jazz song. Uh, You know, a chord progression could, could, it's probably a longer chord progression than four chords. It's probably something a little bit more... um, uh, 
complicated and, and extended. But uh, although, you know, you, if you look at the, gen, the standard jazz thing that people play, which is the I Got Rhythm changes, mm-hmm. uh, that's a certain number of changes. And it, it, it just repeats ad nauseum. But yeah, yeah. I think for every other kind of music you're going to write classical or if you're writing any kind of stuff when you listen to Christmas songs, they have they have B A and B sections. And so um, I, I think that that it, if you're talking to certain genres um, and even hip hop doesn't necessarily only use that. They have certainly have uh, B sections. I'm just telling you how hard it is to teach someone to change the chord. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt, and I wouldn't. Ever, and like this is why I said at the beginning of the of the podcast that it is genre dependent. It really is, and, and that's a good point. And I don't want to come across like I'm advocating for uh, everyone just stick to four chords and you'll be okay. It, I'm only saying it as as uh, as an option uh, for certain genres. It works really well, um, and I have proof of that. But the um, yeah, you're absolutely right to say that. Uh, you know, for a country track, I think that there's certain genres like you know country, classical, of course. Um, yeah, and even like you know a lot of rock music and uh, pop, yeah. and pop is you know you yeah you'd get some get a strong B section in there at least at a least. chorus a verse and a chorus is usually the way most songs go now this is where we differ a little bit because my focus with my particular sync world is a gr- a company called Positive Spin Songs I from the beginning said I'm writing songs. I'm not writing songs for licensing. I'm not doing trailer music. Um, even I even rebel against it a little bit in the stock world just because I don't want to do that personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's why I don't make as much as you because you are you're examining exactly what's making money on Artlist or exactly what's making money on, on Motionarist and you are you are patterning what you do after that in order to have success there. And if people are smart, they will do that in whatever genre they are going for. Country, I don't, or pop, or jazz, or, or classical, or whatever. You're going to say, I'm going to take this as a template, and I'm going to do the heck out of that so that I can make some income in this because I see what Stevie B is making. So I'm going to go listen to Stevie B's song that's that's got him, that's that had so many downloads, and that's the most popular song. And I am going to rip that the heck off and well, do my own well, version of that well also but, but like in saying that like uh, some of it is is you know some of that is beyond the just the arrangement and the structure it's like mix how it's mixed and, and that of kind of thing too right of but um um yeah yeah because then you got to get all that right you can't just uh totally. copy it and then not know how to mix it and it come out the same way so exactly exactly I think that you know um, anyone who's has some experience with with the taxi briefs, um, you know, you'll. See, I mean, we've talked about this before, but you'll see that like you, with most of the briefs that they're asking for, um, especially the um, like the instrumental stuff, you see like a lot of like very common uh, language uh, in in all of the briefs. You know, mm-hmm. uh, sticking with one motif, for example, yeah. like having yeah. like one strong A section hook rather than like having like two. You know, then. Doing something like, doing something like, uh, like you know, uh, like a like a key change, uh, is, oh, is generally. Oh, there's no key changes. We don't. Nobody does key changes in anything. Yeah, I mean, you don't hear that Not in pop now. music anymore either. No. Uh, but you, but you certainly wouldn't do something like that for uh, to if you wanted to like um, write something that was going to be uh, ideal for the licensing world. I don't think you know. Um, right. Also, 
you know, uh, excessively long intros. I think that's that's something that you know I talk about a lot. Um, sometimes it works for like you know it works for like trailer music, but uh, in most like kind of pop genres, I don't think it's a very good tactic to have like a, a, an intro that's much longer than thirty seconds, um, or less, much less sometimes. Maybe just a absolutely. Yeah. A lot of times in corporate music, it's like we've started. Yeah. Well, well, what I've been doing, and I I copied this from Lester, is I just start with my chorus. I don't even bother with the intros hardly anymore. Yeah, I just go. Yeah. I just dig right into it from in the first like three seconds of the track. It just goes right into the chorus, and that's something that's worked really, really well. So, so take when note you of that. say chorus, a you mean the 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 eight bars in their full form. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you listen to like my tracks on MA you'll, or uh, Motion Ray, you'll you'll see um, that a lot of them uh, are just going right to the chorus. Like there's no intro at all. And then the verse is a breakdown of that. Essentially, chorus. yeah, it's a breakdown. Some maybe some di some different melodic ideas, uh, some new sample energy, some you know some some more textural things to kind of you know uh, throw the energy in a different direction, but. Uh, you know, eventually, obviously, it comes back to that 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 eight bar, you know, chorus in, in full form. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what else can I say about yeah, what what other stuff they, they usually write? Yeah, I mean, the, the sticking to the one motif thing is real important. I think um, having like a like a full separate A section is you know something that I've heard in, in some people's tracks, and I was like, that doesn't really work because this is it's basically like two songs in one. You just separate just, these and create two tracks from it, you know? I just want to make sure that we, we make sure that people know, and this may sound like a broken record, that this is not the only way to write, though. Totally. Because a lot of times, then you will have people, amateur, mid-amateur, semi-pro, whatever, say, oh, well, if that's what's working, that's all I'm going to write. And then they will get into this rut of only writing eight-bar loops. And then they'll show that to somebody maybe in sync or somebody who wants something for a TV show or something and go, um, I don't need robotic eight bar music. I need mm -hmm. songs. And this is where we, we kind of realize that there are other fish in the sea. It's like when I show people like hits from the 70s or hits from now even that have lots of, of, of changes in them and they have a chorus that goes to a different place. As a matter of fact, there's kind of a video I show my students who are trying to figure out how to write a song, a good A B A B song, mm -hmm. which is the the four chords that you're talking about mm -hmm. that usually start on one, not always, but usually start on the tonic of the thing. Yeah. And then you can really go to any of the other things. You can go to a two minor, a three minor, a four, a five, or a six minor. Yes. You can go to any of those things and you can go to any of those things again. But the fourth chord probably needs to be a four or a five to lead you back to, to kind of always be able to go back easily to the one. To go back this, to the one, again, we're, exactly. Yeah. This is generalizing. And then yeah. the B part, if you're gonna write a chorus, let's say a B part, that should be any note but one, any chord but the first tonic chord. And and then you can do any three chords you want, but that should also end on a four or five. That takes you back to the original eight or four bars that or four chords that you have. So yeah, totally. There's a great totally. One of, one of the members on sent me um, a corporate track to, for me to review the other day, and he had a brilliant um, arrangement 
um, uh, going on and, and a, an amazing B section. And, you know, normally so, so like I've been we, like we've been talking about here, some of my so many of my corporate tracks are just like a repeated four chord. And it's, it's like, you know, it's kind of just like it's, it's so rudimentary, you know, but um, mm-hmm. one of my members sent me this uh, this this beautiful track where it's like the B section started off on like the relative minor chord of the tonic. Mm-hmm. And it was it, it works so beautifully. And it was like this it added so much narrative energy uh, to to the arrangement it was it was it was so cool so i think that um i totally recommend um you know injecting some creativity uh into into the arrangement like that that's that's a really good point to bring up yeah just um thinking in terms of uh if, if it's interesting enough if you've created an eight bar thing that is interesting enough that you can take it apart, put it back together, put it back together in new ways, put it back together inside out, whatever you, you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be really interesting, especially when you're talking about two minute songs. You know, we're talking about one and a half to two minute to two and a half minute pieces that you're going to, that people want to put behind their videos and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think that works. I think when you start getting into stuff for film or television where they want to use something for a, uh, a, a, a special part of a song, um, they might want a verse and a chorus or something that's that's got some changes to it. But um, so I, I I I agree with you that uh, and and you have certainly uh, if you watch Steve's uh, uh, Motion Array channel, all you have to do is go listen to that and see what he is doing there because uh, that is the pattern for success. It's cert- and there are many days I will tell you this and admit this to you, Steve, that I go, okay, I've got a minute to write a song. I'm gonna go over to Motion Array, I'm gonna look at what the, the top things are. And you're up there, Lester's up there, whoever. And, and I'll just pick one of you guys to listen to or something, I'll say, or, or somebody else who's doing really well. And I'll say, this got, this is really doing well. Although I'm still not sure how to tell who is doing really super well. <laughs> it's not really black and white on who is getting the most downloads and all that kind of stuff. But I will try to go find something that I know. Yeah. And I'll listen to it and I'll go, no, I'm just not feeling that today. You know, and, and because it, it takes a certain amount of energy, mm-hmm. it takes a certain amount of of thought. You, you you think what we're talking about is super easy. Oh, you're just gonna repeat eight bars over and over and over? Oh, that's easy. Anybody can any you know, idiot can do that. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly true. It it takes if you watch Steve's sessions, he breaks these things down and, and the detail on your on your arrangements are is crazy, you know, how much detail you go into bringing each new section in and stuff like that transitions and all that kind of stuff yeah so. I, I think the i th- yeah the 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 base like the or what i would say like the the you know the canvas of the song like the like what's at the very use the starting point like the like the root uh, of of the track is that the, those ideas are simple right but everything else is 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 gets complicated <laughs> like there's a lot of textural detail that i add into the songs um, over very very simple arrangements, but it, where it gets complicated is 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 the details. Because the devil's all always in the details. Um, so I think that's sort of the way I like to work. Um, it, you know, getting the the basic ideas kind of ready uh, and and the arrangement is 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 always the easy part. Um, uh, for me, it's like the the difficulty is is like kind of getting all of those details to fall into place and and make for a really interesting track. I think you know maybe just to summarize, it's like. I think I feel like like I guess what we're saying here is that like an eight bar loop, like a really strong eight bar loop can can essentially be 
um, a track in and in and of itself. And if it's great, if it's a, if it's really solid and it's interesting enough, it can you can you can make a track with that alone. Um, but you should absolutely not feel uh, you know as though you should limit yourself to that. And we've seen plenty of evidence to show that there is um, there's there's a place uh, for uh, you know for more comp complicated more uh, uh, you know creative arrangements. Um, there's all sorts of things that work in the music licensing space, and and of course it all it all depends on what genre you're working with too. Um, and I think that I wouldn't yet yeah, ever want to try to sound like I'm advocating for uh, you know just saying hey come up with like a really simple dinky uh, loop and then and then you know have at her. Um, well, or let me ask let me say this if you have to, you're going to have to try to listen to this with other people's ears and it's hard to do because yeah. you can be jamming out to your 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 beat that you've made and you think oh man this is this is dope as we say in the business apparently but um <laughs> or at least Clint does Clint says um so uh it, but we can be jamming out to that but we have to realize that four times through that eight beats might get a little long in the tooth. Mm -hmm. Two times mm -hmm. might get a little long in the tooth. And and peop, and your ears may start get to be bored. And that should be the first rule. If you're bored after two, two times through the thing, or one time through the thing, or whatever, you've got to get your ears stimulated and saying, this is really building. I feel, I, I love that. And, and, and yeah, then- Yeah, 100%. Keep introducing new things throughout the tune. Cop if you are using that kind of eight bar loop thing, put add new elements in throughout, redo elements throughout, change things. That's the hardest thing to get students to learn when they come up with an, a nice A section and a B section, and then they just copy and paste it and copy and paste it, you know, A, B, A, B, A, B. I'm like, do me a favor, at least throw me a bone and put another, put some, put a shaker on the on the second A section so it's not exactly like the first A section. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, and, yeah. and they're just trying to turn in an assignment. So to them, it's not like what we're talking about here, authors trying to put stuff up on <clears throat> Pond 5. But in some ways it is. You're turning in these things to Pond 5, hoping they're gonna make you money just because you crank them out. And I hear people saying, oh, I can crank out a song in like 15 minutes. Yeah. you probably could but is it going to be really good because you or did you just make a loop and then copy it and paste it a couple times and then take a few things out and call it a day and said that's that's cool that's that's i hear other people doing that so i can i can do that well certainly you know like, a, a, like it's something that took you 15 minutes to 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 do in in launch or something like that it might pass the bar for pond five but it's it's not gonna get anywhere else it's not gonna get anywhere else unless you might a, be able to yodel acapella and get, <laughs> yeah, and true. get into pond five yeah, true maybe a really nice like acoustic <laughs> uh, solo thing if i could knock yeah, that out well. in 10 minutes could happen could happen um, hey, my but, piano things I often knock out in ten minutes, and yeah, they, they do well. But they're there very melodic and very focused arrangements too, so it's it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I hope this hasn't thoroughly confused everybody, but be uh, listen to what is out there. Yeah, I think um, that's the, that's that, that's exactly it. Just do a lot of listening because there's yeah. a, there's a place for all kinds of different different arrangements, whether they're simple or or complex. Um, yeah. so I think, I think, yeah, that's really the, the gist of this conversation is that a lot of different things work. We're not trying to, um, to push you in one direction or another, but, uh, there is simply, uh, there is, uh, absolutely a place for simplicity, I think. And, uh, you know, um, but there's no doubt that everybody wants to 
here or or have a, a month like you're having on Motion Array or months like you've had on Motion Array or success like you've had on Artlist. And so <clears throat> when you find people who are having that success and you want a similar success, you need to go and very much break down what they are doing and mm -hmm. the, the tiniest details of what they are doing too. And Steve shows you what those details, even in his shorts, not, not his like shorts, uh, even in his uh, YouTube shorts. shorts. <laughs> It's not That's right. You live in here. Canada. <laughs> you don't have any. I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, right it's now. too cold in Canada um, for shorts, man. <laughs> but even on his YouTube shorts and stuff. Oh, and by the way. Oh, oh yeah. I was. That's the one thing. I, I, I sorry. To, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just. I was gonna say. I was just gonna say. This is part of my. This is part of my weekly recap. My shorts experiment has been an absolute, utter, and complete failure. I don't know what I did wrong, but it, my shorts didn't even become a short. Uh, so and yet it still managed to get like 300 views, but instead, so, instead yeah, people I was, just I was at, looking at our, yeah. our views throughout the three platforms today, and I <laughs> I one of the things I was doing I guess I didn't finish doing I was going to write down how many we got on each of the one that we released on the same day. You've since released another one uh, on there, and I've been concentrating on well, the well not YouTube, just uh, just on Instagram and and, uh, and TikTok. I didn't I didn't put that uh, that short up on YouTube. I've only done one short for youtube and it was it was a disaster yes that's the one i'm talking about the one the teaching disaster the teaching one teaching that, that got 393 where you're sideways and you're talking and yes. showing all yeah the yeah things. that one yeah, it's yeah. a great great short Thanks. and uh i think it did really good on i mean it's got 393 views that's not bad for youtube it's not it's uh, not terrible or anything like that but and i feel like I if think, it was an actual short it would have done better i don't I know maybe reels not so much but instagram uh, yeah you, TikTok, it did three or four hundred, I think. Something like that. Yeah, reels and didn't do well. It did do well. On, my on reels did great, but I was falling into a swimming pool. So everybody probably <laughs> liked yeah. that. And so reels did the the best, and then followed by YouTube Shorts, and then TikTok. So hmm. I think if you if you tally up both of ours, they're about the same. What we got across the three platforms, yeah. uh, releasing on the same day. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we did the whole episode about shorts, and and I I wasn't really crazy about it, and now I'm I'm using it as a way to build a channel, uh, not this one. I still am, I still am, on the fence about if it, how helpful it is. But as we know, since we've made that video, they've now come out with uh, that they're going to be monetizing all these shorts in oh, 2023, cool. oh, and they're going to be allowing. Uh, if, <laughs> this won't really matter for you or me, but if you get 10 million views uh -huh. on your shorts, uh, it's million. another way into the pay, uh, the partner program. Holy the cow. Partner program. But apparently that's not hard to do for some people. Well, you so that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like because the shorts, uh, the algorithms are pushing the shorts a little harder than the than in some cases. Like I feel like if my video had actually become a short like it was supposed to, then maybe it would have gotten a bit more reach. But I wonder if you have to upload on your phone. Dude, uh, well, that's what I'm going to do next time because I feel like I, yeah. I, I looked it up and it, it, it said it's fully you're fully allowed to do a, upload a short on your desktop. I did it. I did that too. But if you don't have that little shorts logo on it, it may yeah, not be a short happened. for your I don't channel. Know. I did read something that said that um, you're supposed to upload something that's a couple seconds less than a minute because yeah. for some reason shorts extends it past yes. um, a couple seconds. So I think that's what happened because my video was exactly uh, like 59.5 seconds and I think it went over a minute. So that's why I didn't it may have just short. thought it was a regular video yeah. or yeah. something. So, there well, we it. live and learn, we live and learn, we live and learn how to write songs. We live and learn how to make shorts. And so 
<laughs> we'll keep uh, working on all that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the shorts world a lot right now with my Hello Composer site. And uh, it's actually just a faster way to put content out and yeah, totally. teach music lessons that are somewhat boring sometimes when you talk about the repeat sign, when you talk about uh, you know, uh, making a beat. You don't want to make a five-minute video of, of you know, how to make a beat. It doesn't take five minutes. You can teach that. Logic tips or whatever you're talking about sometimes, you can teach that in a minute, minute and a half. Yeah, I wish they would expand to more like 90 seconds on the shorts. Yeah, a minute and a half would be but cool. You know what most people want to see there, Steve? They want to see goofy little things that... I know, that, they need the entertainment. Yeah, right. but we want to do the education, and that takes more than... 15 seconds a lot yeah. of times you know so true all right cool good talk good talk good talk well everybody thanks for listening today yeah. and we'll cover more interesting stuff uh a little bit more philosophical next week about uh our composing and our 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 songs and what we need to be doing uh similar to this week but a little less uh, this week was your was your uh, theory lessons uh, next week, we'll get into the life lessons about what we should be focusing on. So that sounds join great. us every week. Yeah. Awesome. Take us out, Steve. Take care, guys. We'll see you next time. Okay. See everybody. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Just a reminder to check out makemusicincome.com and productionmusicacademy.com. And you can find us both on YouTube as well. We both post regular content there. You can find me at Stevie B Production Music Academy and Eric's channel is called Make Music Income. We'd love to see you there. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to our content. Also, feel free to join us in the Make Music Income Discord server. Lots of great conversation going on in there, and you can share your work and connect with other like-minded folks. It's a great community. So thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.